All Elite Wrestling's very first show is in the books. I'm taking an in-depth look at the good and the bad of AEW's Double or Nothing on this episode of All of My Heroes War Spandex. And hello again, everyone. This is Travis Bukowski for episode two of All of My Heroes War Spandex. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. And I just want to say, uh, first off, this episode, obviously, is not going to be about anything from years past or anything like that. But instead, it's going to be about something brand new. Just a few days ago, All Elite Wrestling finally, finally had their very first show. And uh, I think overall, the reviews are very, very positive. So I just wanted to take a little bit of a closer, in-depth look at some of the things I really liked and some of the things I actually didn't from AEW's very first show in Las Vegas. So let's get right into it. You know, this whole thing started off in a preview show with a 21-man casino battle royal. The winner, of course, goes on to take uh, on the winner of the main event that night, which was Jericho versus Omega. The winner of that would go on to you know, face the winner of the Battle Royal for the AEW title in a few months. Apparently that will happen at uh, the end of August at uh, another big show, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Anyway, Hangman Adam Page wound up being the final participant in that Battle Royal and at the very end defeated MJF, putting him over the top rope to win that title shot. You know, honestly, overall... This Battle Royal wasn't my favorite Battle Royal of all time, and uh, I'm really, really glad that it was on the preview show. And I'm not trying to put it down whatsoever, I'm just saying that I think uh, there are better matches that night. And I really love the fact that they knew that, and that this was on the preview show, and I think overall, this entire card, all eight matches, or all nine matches, I should say, it really built on each other. And they started slow and built up and built up and built up. And I think they did it the right way. But uh, the only surprises in that Battle Royal actually were uh, Tommy Dreamer. Seeing Tommy in that was a little bit of a surprise. Not too surprising, but he was never announced for it as far as uh, I know. But uh, that was really the only big surprises to me uh, in that Battle Royal. Second match, Kip Sabian, Sammy Guevara, it was okay. It was an okay match. It's pretty much what you would expect. A lot of flips, um, you know, a lot of back and forth, a lot of high-flying moves. Wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad. But again, we started building. And finally, the first match of the actual pay-per-view, a six-man tag match, SoCal Uncensored taking on the strong hearts from Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. This was a great match. It was uh, went longer, a little more than 13 minutes Really great match, a uh, great match to really open up the real pay-per-view. Um, I think the whole thing was great. It was really great. I can't say anything bad about anyone's performance in that one. Uh, the fourth match, the women's Fatal 4-Way. It became a Fatal 4-Way, of course, when Brandy Rhodes unveiled the fact that Awesome Kong was going to be added to this match. I think this match was um, kind of like the first two preview uh, show matches. I don't think it was the best match on the card. It uh, didn't really feel like a Fatal 4-Way for most of it. 
it was just one-on-one. -on -one. There was a lot of uh, Britt Baker against uh, Kylie Ray in the ring, which I was okay with because I think they're definitely the more, um, I don't want to say seasons because Awesome Kong obviously is a veteran, but I think those are the two that they're focusing on, AEW's focusing on in this match. And, uh, of course, Britt Baker won, which I think was a good uh, outcome. Overall, this match could have been on the preview show, in my opinion. But still, it was early on in the card. It was okay. It built up. The next match, the best friends, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, against Angelico and Jack Evans. Now, this match... Okay, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was just okay to me as well. Um, and there was some great moves, some great stuff going on. But to me, um, I think the most uh, impactful thing I saw in this match was what happened at the end when the uh, a tag team known as the Super Smash Brothers appeared out of nowhere after the whole arena went black. Then it went black again. And a whole bunch of their minions joined them, and it was crazy. It's something I never really saw before in the business uh, on a pay-per-view. It was very unexpected. People didn't know who they were. A lot of confusion. I loved it. I thought that was a really cool thing. Um, I really enjoyed that. And then this is where, in my opinion, we started really ramping up this show was the next match. The six women uh, tag match. All of these women... Uh, from Japan, the main one being Aja Kong. It was great seeing her again. I think this match was awesome. Some of the stuff she did was amazing. She threw uh, an amazing, what looked like a head and arm Tazplex during the match and dropped one of them on their head. That was amazing. If you guys didn't see this match, you got to check it out. This was a great one. Um, I totally 100% uh, endorse it. But the last three matches on the card to me, were really the main events and were the reason I wanted to see this entire show. The Battle of the Rhodes Brothers, Cody and Dustin. I knew when this match was announced that it could have been very easily the match of the night. And I think in many ways, it kind of was. The emotion involved in this match is something you really couldn't replicate in another match. The emotion was there. The emotion was real. And, uh, and it was a wonderful match. Very bloody match, which wasn't too surprising to me either. I kind of expected that. But I was very, very uh, caught up in this match. Five-star match for sure. And I was really uh, interested in seeing how it was going to end. Of course, it ended on a good note. And apparently these guys are now going to team again coming up uh, at a show in Jacksonville, Fight for the Fallen, which I believe is in, yeah, in July. So that'll be interesting. But Cody versus Dustin was a great, great match. And uh, dare I say, worth the price of admission alone. The next match for the AAA Tag Team Titles. The Young Bucks took on the Lucha Brothers, and let me tell you, seeing brother tag teams is amazing. Seeing brother tag teams is a, is a very fun thing because the chemistry they have is unlike other teams out there. And these are two sets of brothers facing each other. We've seen these two teams face each other before, but it didn't matter. We knew they were going to have an awesome, awesome match and a nearly 25-minute matchup. The Young Bucks retained the belts. I, I, 
what can we say about this match? Another five-star match. Um, there were moves left and right that I couldn't even begin to try and describe to you. You have to see them uh, on video. You have to see this show. You have to see this match. And uh, I just remember, I think, the most vivid memory for me of this whole thing, uh, this whole match, was seeing Pentagon Jr. just come out of nowhere and deliver that amazing pile driver that he delivers lightning fast and on the ring apron. That was just crazy. So there were some amazing, amazing spots there, and uh, that was worth also the price of admission. And then, of course, finally, match number nine, the main event. Again, this is the match I've been wanting to see. Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega. We've seen these guys go against each other before in Japan. Uh, we saw a bit of a run-in at, uh, at All In. We saw a run-in, what was it, about a month ago, I think, in somewhere in Georgia. These guys have been wrestling each other for a couple of years now. And the rivalry just keeps on growing, which is really, really awesome, I think. Um... But a 27-minute match between Jericho and Omega ends with Chris Jericho winning the match, which I think was pretty cool because I don't think a whole lot of people um, were expecting that. I think people were expecting Kenny to be the number one guy in this company. I think they were expecting him to uh, just right away win everything, win the title, be the first ever champion, and then boom. But Jericho put that all to bed really quickly. And, uh, and that was that, which means he's going to be facing Hangman Adam Page at uh, All Out on August 31st in Chicago, which should be a very interesting match, to say the least. Now, uh, now I want to take a little bit of a closer look at what I was saying about the good and the bad and the surprises. First off, the surprises. Uh, the surprises were obvious. People who showed up that we weren't expecting. Tommy Dreamer, like I mentioned earlier. Awesome Kong. Uh, to me, it was very cool to see Brett the Hitman Hart come out and show off the very first uh, AEW title. I think that was amazing. And of course, the big reveal at the end, John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, coming out through the crowd and attacking virtually everybody, but especially attacking Kenny Omega setting up what should be an awesome rivalry down the road. Um, people very excited about that. So there's your surprises uh, for the night. Now to the good. There's a lot of good here. This thing lasted several hours. What was it? Some four plus hours overall with the preview show. There's a lot of good things here to talk about. Uh, mainly, the first ones I want to talk about are things that are good that you will not be seeing in WWE that you're going to see in All Elite Wrestling, and they showed that right away at their very first show. Uh, namely, three things. Blood, pile drivers, and Pyro. You won't see any of these three things in WWE anymore. Uh, they don't use any Pyro anymore. They don't allow pile drivers. They don't allow choke slams, uh, other moves, and, of course, Blood. They don't allow blading. I think all three of these things are... Good for the business, and especially blood and pile drivers belong in wrestling. They've always been in wrestling, and they always should be. So I think it was awesome to see. I think that they're the set, the stage, uh, the presentation of the show overall was absolutely top-notch. I think it looked better than anything WWE could do today. Um, the camera shots, the zooms, 
Uh, I loved seeing the crowd reaction from people, and there was a lot of that, but it didn't get old, because when they took it, it was the right time. And I think that they really know what they're doing. It just had a really great, great, great professional look, and uh, I really enjoyed how it looked. It was amazing. Uh, a three-person announced team. I think that's important because it gives people a break. It's not just two back-and-forth tag-teaming uh, like two anchors on a news set. It's three. So you can really get a good rotation and give people a break. I know that, you know, JR uh, is a legend, but he can use a break sometimes. Um, but I think a three-person announced team is the way to go. But I'll talk more about that in a little bit. And then the last thing I want to mention that I thought was good was one guy. Three letters. MJF. This guy can get heat big time. And this guy is, is relatively new. Uh, I watch him in Major League Wrestling as well. But this guy really gets some great heat. And he really did um, on this show. He really, really did at early on in the show at the beginning. And then he came out again during the belt presentation. I think MJF is very entertaining. And just the fact that he can get that much heat and get the uh, the people riled up the way he does, he's gonna go, he's gonna go far. He really is. So that was a great, great thing. Now I want to talk about the not so great things. What I considered uh, the bad, and it's not. Uh, there's not a lot of that. There's not a lot. Um, I think the most glaring thing to me that I saw that was quote-unquote bad for this show, and mind you, this is very easily, easily fixed and uh, can be addressed, but the beginning was had some awkwardness. Um, the, uh, the quick little vignette with the librarians was a little hard to watch. Um, I, I don't know about that. That was a little strange. And the fact that that started it off and set the tone and is like, oh, is this how it's going to be all night? I hope not. Um, the other thing I think, and, and I hate to say this, but Alex Marvez on the mic, one of the three uh, commentators with Excalibur and Jim Ross, Alex Marvez, I, I had a hard time hearing him for the entire show. I, I had a, a hard time. He just was, I don't know what it was. He just talked softer than the rest of them. I don't know. But uh, had a hard time hearing him. I know he made some mistakes on the mic as well. You know, that's fine. I can overlook that. But I really had a hard time hearing him, so it was annoying whenever he talked. It really was, he seemed to t a lot softer than the rest of them. I don't know why that was. I have no idea. And then the only other thing that I can really mention, really, for the show, was, uh, you know, they directed everybody to come and watch the preview show at 7 o'clock on the AEW YouTube channel, and for some reason it didn't work. So the preview show wound up uh, being on TNT's YouTube channel, which was fine, and the majority of us, I think, found it pretty quickly. But not having that on there was, was a bit strange because I think a lot of people went to it. I mean, at one point, there was I was on it, and I think there were upwards of 10,000 people on a non-existent uh, stream waiting for one to start on AEW's YouTube. I go to TNT's YouTube, and at one point they had more than 70,000 people watching their uh, free hour preview shows. So that's just little things. Uh, those are just very little things. And speaking of little things, that's what I want to talk about finally here. 
little things, um, very little things, but little things that I want to mention because I think these little things can make a big, big difference. I really, really enjoyed the fact that they uh, thought ahead enough to where they had, I assume this is how they did it, where they had two canvases on the mat, on the ring, so after the very bloody, bloody Rhodes versus Rhodes match, uh, they were able to peel off that top canvas and have a nice fresh one for uh, the last uh, two matches. I think that was awesome. I thought that was really great because I remember seeing the blood just dripping out of Dustin's head thinking, oh my gosh, we've got a, uh, we're going to have a mess here for these last two big, big matches. But I thought that was cool. I know it sounds like a little thing, but I think that's very smart. Uh, the other thing I really love that they have altered or they have changed, they've uh, invented a new rule, uh, a 10 count for tag team matches. Uh, no longer, you know, all this time it's always been five count, get the other guy out or you get disqualified. It's now a 10 count. I think that's really important because it shows that they're looking at tag team wrestling and how important it is and how important it is to see double team moves and actual tag team moves in actual tag team matches instead of just having two guys against two guys who wrestle, you know, separately, like it was two one-on-one -on -one matches, now with this 10-count rule instead of five, it gives them double the amount of time to do all of these moves, these amazing moves, that I know people like the Young Bucks and all of them are going to be doing. So I really applaud that. I love that. And then the only other thing I want to mention here before I wrap this up is uh, the fact that I would have liked to have seen an actual tournament to crown the first ever AEW champion. Uh, I'm a big fan of tournaments. I hope they do one for the tag titles and some of the other belts they're going to unveil. But just having like, you know, one match, okay, the main event, these are the two best guys we got, and then the winner of a battle royal later, we're going to crown the champion. I would have liked to have seen at least an eight-man tournament to crown the first ever champion. I think tournaments are a great, great way to tell a story, show who's really tough, uh, you know, give a title to someone who really deserves it, and people will get behind someone if they see them, you know, grueling, uh, going through, you know, a grueling encounter after encounter and, and all that, like you would see in a tournament. But I would like to see that. I thought uh, I was a little surprised that that's how they're going to crown their first champion. But you know what? Just like I saw someone write on Twitter, Twitter, you don't have to like every single thing that uh, a company does. But I think overall, this show was amazing. Five-star show, better than anything uh, else going on right now. They really worked hard on it, and it shows. And I think they deserve a ton of credit. Uh, wonderful, wonderful show. And uh, I can't wait to see their next one. But anyway, I'm going to wrap this up right here. But again, as I always want to do, to everyone out there listening, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough, but for everyone out there, I also want your input. I want to know what you think, what you want me to talk about, what we can discuss. So you can email me at allofmyheroeswarspandex at yahoo.com. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you want me to talk about, what you want to hear on this show in an upcoming episode. But anyway, it's been fun talking about AEW. And uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Have fun, everybody.